In this joint multinational readiness center train to win podcast, I am your host, Lieutenant Colonel Elliot Harris, the senior fire support trainer here at JMRC. And today with me, I have Major Jason Turner, Major Matthew Jensen, and Major Josh Zaruba, observer, coach, trainers for the JMRC fire support team. Each of these field artillery leaders have served as S3s and executive officers at the Field Artillery Battalion, Division Artillery, and Field Artillery Brigade level, as well as experience as a brigade level fire support officer. Welcome, gentlemen, and I look forward to the discussion today about how to enable success as a field artillery major at the battalion and brigade level. Major Turner, um, you know, one of the things that we we uh, spend a lot of time here talking about is, you know, the success of a fire support officer managing and helping that FIS Corps enable the brigade fire support enterprise. Could you talk through your experiences over the last year and your observations as Mustang 2-7 and, you know, what really constitutes success for that brigade fire support officer? So for a brigade fire support officer, uh, really setting conditions for success uh, to enable the FISC Corps and the brigade commander uh, is your number one priority. Uh, before you come into the job, um, you must continue to strive to be the master uh, of your craft as a fire supporter. So what does this mean for the brigade FSO? Uh, you must be able to build a team that can stay focused on the brigade's fires fight. Uh, which includes all war fighting functions within the brigade. Uh, your brigade fire support element uh, must be able to conduct your current operations, planning or targeting, whether at the main command post uh, with all your systems up and running uh, or even hasty over a Humvee hood. Now, you have to have a solid understanding of doctrine uh, that helps you guide uh, your war fighting uh, before you're in the job. Uh, our doctrine serves as the basis, uh, really the starting point for when we develop our plans of how we're going to fight. So studying your doctrine uh, before you get in the job gives you time to reflect uh, on what it tells us and how we tailor principles of doctrine to our unique fights. Um, really the, the seven main manuals uh, that I personally studied uh, before taking the Brigade FSO job uh, helped me step into that job on day one because I took the job right out of ILE uh, and integrate into a staff uh, ready to participate uh, and enable my FISC cord. Uh, there are really those seven manuals, uh, FM30, uh, the ops process, really getting a solid understanding of MDMP, uh, FM3-90-1, uh, the offensive defense, FM3-09 and 09.8, your fire support and field artillery operations, uh, ATP 3-60, targeting, uh, massively important. Uh, FM 3-55, information collection. Uh, and lastly, uh, ATP 2-01.3, IPB. Uh, and of course, the FM 7-100 series, which is your threat uh, or your enemy tactics. Now, those were the main manuals that I studied before getting into the job. Uh, and they gave me a solid understanding of what my fist cord was going to expect of me uh, and how I helped him uh, and the brigade commander uh, visualize and actually uh, implement their fires. Uh, secondly, uh, building a team that understands a clear purpose, uh, and that is the fires chain, really from the CAV troop or FO serving as your sensor on the ground uh, all the way to the cannoneer pulling the lanyard on your howitzer. 
the whole team has to understand where they fit in the fires chain. Uh, if they do, uh, and they follow really clear standard operating procedures uh, for your unit, uh, ultimately they'll be successful. Uh, and there were, there were, so for me, there are really three uh, SOPs that we developed that uh, enabled us to be uh, effective and provide timely and accurate fires. Our first one was a digital SOP. Uh, our second one was a brigade fire support element SOP, uh, which really covered all our battle drills and counter fire, our fire's battle rhythm, uh, our fighting products, uh, and probably the most helpful was an FSCM and ACM SOP that let us manage our database properly. And lastly was our digital sustainment training SOP. As a brigade FSO, I owned DST for the FA battalion in the brigade um, for, for all the sensor to shooter elements to include uh, the, mortar, the mortar teams. Um, we focused every week on occupations, establishing capability, processing fire missions, and displacing, and just doing that repetition uh, of those tasks uh, repeatedly, working out the bugs, um, going through our processes, and finding efficiencies uh, to chase that, you know, chasing every mill, every meter, every second uh, to provide timely fires. Uh, we routinely got about 50% uh, of the team on the field uh, every week, uh, but over a period of time of about three months, we had gotten enough repetitions as a team that we were able to get past the systems and start focusing on the tactics of warfighting uh, so that we really could give our brigade commander uh, the fires that he'd asked us for. Um, and that really enabled the, the FISC cord to be where he needed to be, uh, either at the FA battalion uh, or at the brigade headquarters, uh, wherever that FISC cord needed to best mentor uh, whatever staff he was supporting. Uh, going into this job, uh, I felt that I had set myself up for success, but I think more importantly, uh, the FISC cord and the brigade commander supported me uh, in understanding what the priority was across the brigade for the fires enterprise to work. And I think if you look at the previous rotations over the year, most of the trends where we see uh, the brigade fire support element uh, struggling uh, falls into uh, some of the topics that I, that I covered here um, when it comes to being able to provide timely and accurate fires, uh, AFATAD's database management, uh, routine fires battle rhythms, uh, and rehearsals uh, of the fire mission processing chain. Uh, I think those are kind of the three big trends that we see here uh, that are impacting timely and accurate fires uh, across the brigade. All right, Josh, JT talked about um, targeting. How can you as the brigade FSO, based off you know, your experiences and your observations, how can you enable that targeting process to be successful? Yeah, so as brigade FSO, not only do you need to be an expert within your field, which JT already covered. However, you need to get with the brigade staff and understand that they have a, an understanding of their role within the targeting process. First off, you need to get with the brigade XO and the brigade S3 so you have their buy-in and you, you understand that you have a shared understanding of what targeting looks like within uh, the brigade combat team. And then you need to get the sets and reps with the brigade staff with targeting teaches so that they understand their inputs and outputs uh, so that they can come prepared within targeting working groups and targeting meetings um, so that we can uh, ensure that we're meeting the commander's uh, intent when it comes to targeting. Uh, the problem that we're seeing right now 
uh, within GMRC is that uh, not just from a fires warfighting function, but from all warfighting functions, they don't have the the sets and reps when it comes to targeting. Uh, we're seeing that uh, within their PMEs, uh, they're not getting to the, the depth that's needed within targeting. They just kind of gloss over it, but not understand, not getting to the, uh, the depth that's needed to ensure that they come prepared uh, for a CTC rotation. Um, so Major Jensen, one of the things that we, uh, Major Turner talked about was you know, it's our challenges with our AFATAS database management and also our digital connectivity. Can you elaborate on you know, what you've seen for successful best practices for you know, building proficiency within those two areas uh, to enable a responsive fires chain? Uh, yes, sir. So I think, I think what's crucial is at home station, the, the digital sustainment training really has to be robust uh, and enforced on a regular basis. So I think it starts with the foundation of a digital SOP outlines a, a template for a database um, and that is routinely rehearsed and practiced um, by leaders uh, and and the executors at Echelon uh, but I think leader involvement is key to, to all this uh, making sure that this is done to standard so the digital digital SOP is going to set kind of the baseline for what the database should be um, and then that's practiced and then once they roll into a CTC I think while they're developing um, MDMP by going through mission analysis and co dev, there are certain inputs and outputs that are um, provided to the AFATAS database to include guidances, uh, target decay time, uh, things of this nature. So I think if we're doing this properly, if we're doing DST at home station and translating that into CTC, I think once we go through MDMP, we have our database established, it's distributed, um, and digital connectivity works so much better, uh, and there are very few hiccups with regards to the FATAS database while we're executing operations. So, JT, if you had one bit of advice for a new or future fire support officer at the battalion, at the brigade level, what would it be? I would say study doctrine, uh, study tactics, study our fires doctrine, uh, and study targeting. You will be the person who at the front of the brigade staff will be leading uh, the targeting effort uh, supported by the FISC cord um, and understanding how every key every staff member contributes uh, with inputs and outputs like Major Zaruba mentioned uh, and how to efficiently include all the warfighting functions uh, into your targeting process. Okay, so let's transition from the Brigade FSO position to really the Field Artillery Battalion. And as we look at that, Matt, what are the successes or challenges that S3s and XOs face, and what do they need to focus on to enable the success of their formation? Uh, Yes, sir. So I I think the first one that comes to mind, sir, is ammo management uh, at Echelon, Uh, making sure the battalion has an accurate snapshot of what ammunition is on hand, what's on the guns and what they need to move in the next phase. So it's not hard to plan that 24 or 48 hours out, but when we're talking days out, 96 hours out, that's where the battalion really needs to be um, focusing their efforts on what's what do we need to, to help the batteries to provide them ammunition management wise for the next fight. Um, and the next piece of that I say is the, the digital sustainment, digital uh, fire direction uh, capability at the battalion level. So I think, again, leaders, field grades at Echelon need to be involved in ensuring that we are maintaining 
uh, digital FDC comms uh, and enforcing those uh, to ensure proper uh, mission grounding uh, and, and relatively good times when it comes to fire direction mission processing times. So Josh, just to expand upon what um, Matt just talked about, you know, so we, we want to see our S3s and XOs in the field artillery battalion be successful in a rotation, but we also want to see them be successful in their job, um, you know, in the Army. Um, so could you expand upon your thoughts with respect to how you do that? Uh, yes, sir. So uh, one thing that I realized going in and my first month in the job as a battalion S3 was I'm now a organizational leader. And with that, I, I have individuals, young leaders, lieutenants, um, NCOs, and soldiers that are looking up to me to make those um, hard decisions. And and with that, um, you know, I, I, I got to fulfill the, that responsibility and you got to be able to train a staff, young staff, uh, to be able to be meeting the can we cut that? <laughs> Sorry, I lost my train of thought. Okay, train a young staff. Just yeah. start with training a young staff. Okay. Uh, with training a young staff uh, to ensure that they know their roles and responsibilities within their warfighting function, how they can enable not only the commander but the entire battalion um, at the battalion level and also down at the battery and section level. Um, additionally, um, one of the things that I, I focused on was uh, the training management piece. Uh, when I when came into the seat, I had a year until my NTC rotation. So basically I had 12 months to be able to plan and train uh, the FA battalion for their culminating event as far as the, their um, national training center rotation. Uh, with that, you know, I just focused on the basics. Uh, we took the lessons learned from previous units that went through a CTC rotation and we worked on those throughout those 12 months uh, so that we could become proficient within the basics and that deemed us, uh, it, it was very helpful for us to be able to just be able to communicate. Uh, we were able to shoot and we were able to move efficiently and effectively and we had a very successful uh, rotation. Matt, earlier you talked about you know, really, as at the S3 and XO level within the Field Artillery Battalion, the importance of ammunition management. And during our last podcast, we spent a lot of time talking about ammunition management. Um, but interested in your thoughts of how the S3 and XO enable that and what they need to focus on with respect to ammunition management. Uh, yes, sir. So I think I think what's crucial to ammunition management is knowing what the FA Battalion obviously needs, uh, at least 96 hours out. And then what is your ability to haul the, those that ammunition uh, around the battlefield and get it to where it needs to be. Um, and there's numerous other players that have to come into this. Obviously, the Ford Support Company, uh, the BSB, uh, representatives, the S4 at Brigade um, have a part of a piece to play in this as well. But at the FA Battalion level, I think it's absolutely crucial that uh, the right person is put as the battalion ammunition officer to track that ammunition and really alleviate that responsibility from the uh, fire direction officer. Um, and I'll pass it over to, to uh, Major Turner for any uh, amplifying comments. Yeah, so uh, when you look at where the genesis of the demand signal starts, you know, it really starts within the brigade's targeting process. As we look at the enemy that we want to affect, we start to put down that battlefield calculus uh, for the number and type of munitions that we need to expend to achieve a desired effect. When we do that, we start to put together our target list worksheet 
uh, which really helps us see the quantity and the types of ammo that we're going to need to meet the commander's intent. One of the best practices that we've seen is when the brigade FSO uh, and the targeting officer develop these fire support products during the targeting process uh, out to uh, 96 hours, we start to see more predictability when it comes to aligning resources in time and space. Specifically for ammo, uh, as a brigade FSO, I interacted with my battalion S3 and XO four or five times a day as we were doing in the MDMP process or the targeting process. As we were developing these draft fire support products, we would pass that on to the FA battalion field grades and they were able to help me, one, stay within the realm of possible of what they actually could or could not haul. Uh, and two, they helped me plan a fire support plan that was executable. Understanding there's some flexibility in our plan because the enemy might go left instead of right, we were able to, in that depth of time, uh, determine how much ammo we needed to affect the enemy uh, and have it at the right place at the right time um, based off our predictive analysis of what the enemy scheme of maneuver was, which enabled the FA Battalion to efficiently prepare ammunition stores if it were at the ATHP or if it were at the CTCP uh, or on the guns themselves. Uh, that communication between the Brigade FSO and the Battalion S3 and XO really enabled ammunition management to be an efficient process uh, with respect to forecasting and having the conditions set to have a deliberate uh, fight against the enemy, but also be dynamic if the enemy decides to change his scheme of maneuver at the last second. So before we transition here, I'm interested in what is the most important attribute that a S3 or an XO needs to possess um, within the field artillery battalion? Sir, uh, I think the ability to achieve the commander's uh, intent, the results that we need to achieve to affect the enemy when and how the commander and fist court tell us to, to affect the enemy, uh, that is, I think, what's most important when you look at any of these field grade, grade positions. Uh, but the FA Battalion specifically, if your fires chain from the FA Battalion up to the Brigade FSC enables timely and accurate fires uh, as an FA Battalion S3 or XO, I think you're achieving uh, and you're, you're meeting the commander's intent. Okay, as we look at, um, you know, really the transition from the battalion level to the brigade level, each of you have been, you know, successful either Devardi or also Field Artillery Brigade um, field grades. And so, you know, as we, as we talk about what enables success there and how you make that transition from the Field Artillery Battalion to a brigade level position, whether it's a DCO position, XO, or an S3 position, you know, talk to me through, talk to me about the significance of that transition and, and what you have to do to um, be successful there. So from a, from a Devardi uh, S3 perspective, I think, you know, you still got to keep your ear to the ground with the FA Battalion about um, how they're integrating into the brigade fight um, because much of their training, uh, their certification, their qualification for, uh, for tables is dependent on what the Devardi commander says uh, in, the, in the Red Book. So um, I think it starts with developing a digital SOP, which Major Turner referenced earlier, um, and I think it's, it's 
um, amplified in the in the red book that Devardi produces um, and enforces as a as a metric for qualification and certification. Um, and conversely, uh, I think working with the division staff um, is something unique at the Devardi level. Um, you really got to figure out where the force field artillery headquarters kind of fits into the division fight, um, and know your division counterparts. And there's a lot more of them um, in order to get the job done. Um, you also have to be that that voice uh, to really take during MDMP to artillerize uh, uh, the IPB portion um, and make sure we are targeting uh, the HPTL that division commander has uh, has identified. I think I'd add in also um, as you go into either the S3 or the XO role at the brigade level, you need to understand not only the your war fighting function but each of the other war fighting functions and how they uh, feed into your staff. Um, at times, from my experience, um, you know just because you have a an S1, S2, um, S6. You, you, you want to say that they understand their war fighting function, but a lot of times they may not be digging into the doctrine and understanding what their role is within a Devardi or within a field artillery brigade. So if you, as a, the organizational leader, as either the X3 or XO, you need to dive into their doctrine and understand what they can bring to the table so that you can hold uh, your staff uh, accountable uh, so that they can be highly effective and produce the desired results for the for your brigade commander. I think to add on to that, when you look at the brigade level field grade job, uh, you're really looking at a different level of uh, organization and a different level of attention. Uh, I know as a brigade or a Devardi S3, uh, I paid attention to laterally. Uh, I had to build a really good team within the unit because uh, it's all a bunch of majors, uh, but you, you are the senior, uh, either the three or the XO in the brigade. Uh, while you are, you know, equal in rank, uh, there is a hierarchy, uh, and you are the senior field grade within that that organization uh, between the S3 and the XO. So, uh, understanding that building that team in a positive work environment where everyone contributes, everyone pulls their weight, uh, but you're at the helm of that team, I thought was really important. And I also think at that level, that's really, uh, for me, the opportunity where I started to pay attention to. You know, national defense strategy, force comm, commander readiness guidance, core division uh, readiness guidance, and start to pull, you know, the messaging and the information and the guidance that our senior leaders are putting out uh, down to my level of understanding, uh, and then being able to articulate you know, what we're doing to enable readiness within my higher headquarters. Uh, translate that to my brigade commander, my Devardi commander, uh, so that he can inform his leadership of what we're doing to enable them to meet, you know, national defense strategy level readiness. You know, we read this book uh, that's on the commandant's reading list leading up, uh, and it's about being able to help, you know, your commander as well as yourself articulate clearly and succinctly what you're doing in your day-to-day -day and how it's building readiness for the unit itself. So, uh, I think at the Devardi level, that was the first time uh, I really started to understand where this unit fits in the in the grand scheme of you know national deterrence, uh, and understanding that the lowest level private's job can have an impact on strategic level you know strategy.
So JT, there's a lot of good points there. Uh, one thing I just want to highlight from my perspective was um, basically a, a hole in my swing going up to brigade level. So as a uh, the 210 field artillery brigade XO, um, there's a hole in my swing as far as understanding logistics and the budget within the brigade. Um, but I had to basically tie into the subject matter experts at the division level and even down at the brigade level and trust the, the subordinates that we had within the brigade to do their job while they were teaching me and I was also uh, under the uh, microscope from the DCGS at 2ID. So he ensured that I, I did understand what I was doing and uh, that I knew what I was supposed to do to enable my boss um, within regards to the budget. Uh, additional thing that, um, that I learned a lot, I didn't know a lot going in, was USR. Um, it, I think it's imperative not only for brigade and battalion XOs, but brigade and battalion S3s, they need to understand uh, their role within the USR and what that means for um, their commander. And also, as they move in to become future commanders themselves, they need to understand the USR process and how uh, the stuff that they're putting on, um, how that reflects on not only your organization, but your hires organization, because those are um, comments that are going all the way up to HQDA. Uh, so you just need to understand that, understand that role and the entire process to enable your commander. At each level that we've talked about today, gentlemen, one of the things that's either been referenced directly or indirectly is teamwork. How do we reinforce teamwork at Echelon, and you know, what can we do to better enable teamwork across each of these respective formations? Yeah, so, sir, I think uh, I think it's crucial uh, as a field grade officer at the battalion level, at the brigade level, it doesn't matter, um, to be um, nested and on the same page as your counterpart. So the XO and the S3 have to be uh, pursuing the boss's guidance uh, in the same direction um, with the same voice um, at all times. And I think that's imp imperative for the health of the organization. Um, it's good for the subordinates to notice that. Um, and it really just creates a better working environment for everyone, and, and really it's helping to achieve the, the commander's intent at the end of the day. Um, but without, without that teamwork of those two individuals at the battalion level, and then you know, by extension other field grades within the brigade, I think uh, it, it's not bettering the organization. And I think the, ultimately it's something that we have to work on, uh, you know, both uh, professionally and personally, to, to have that good relationship with their counterpart. I'd also like to add in from... Uh you know, a 210 field artillery brigade perspective, um, we are a, a combined unit. So we actually have uh, 10 Republic of Korea officers or ROC officers uh, within our organization. And with that, you know, we, we had to um, have teamwork with only them. We had to utilize them uh, to be able to communicate to uh, the ground, co ground component command, which is an organization that the 210 Field Artillery Brigade fell under as far as the counterfire task force. Um, if we didn't, you know, enable those individuals, our ROC counterparts within the, our organization and develop that teamwork, uh, we would not have been successful as we, as we were. And when you look here at the European theater, much like Korea, you know, if we're going to enter into armed conflict here in the European theater, we're going to do it with our multinational partners. And so, you know, the importance of teamwork, like you just talked about, Josh, I think is going to be evident in, you know, how we train 
and how we prepare ourselves for that um, in any large-scale combat operations. Uh, just to, to add on to the, the teamwork, uh, so I think one of the things that uh, we re routinely see talking with uh, our peers and uh, fellow field grades, you know, really taking care of your soldiers, uh, the civilians and the family members that support uh, those that serve is really the bedrock uh, of creating a team that can work together. Uh, and then after you have a strong bedrock and they understand and they can trust you, you know, you have a, you have a unified purpose uh, for your team. Uh, and just having those interactions uh, with your teammates, doing events uh, with each other, uh, even in this environment, uh, having that connectedness between you and those that work with and for you uh, really sets a team together, uh, one with a unified purpose, uh, who when you provide direction, uh, they understand why you're providing direction in a certain way. Uh, I think even in the multinational environment that we, we are in, uh, things as simple as having a phone conversation with a partner or an ally, uh, doing a Zoom call or a Teams call uh, with people that, uh, you're going to work with or do work with within a rotation uh, it all helps build a team that's fighting for one purpose and I think as you look at you know the the environment that we could fight in uh, being able to establish teams quickly with a common purpose uh, will enable you know commanders to be able to give direction uh, and everybody understands why we're doing what we're doing all right, just want to thank each one of you today for your time. Um, you know, this has been beneficial to you know, really hopefully help young captains and um, majors you know, learn and grow and think about what's next. Um, so thanks for your time today and um, look forward to continued dialogue and discussion on these topics.